I was feeling a lot of fear, like a, a ton of fear, like to the point that I was more afraid of continuing to live the lifestyle that I was living than I was of the idea of changing. Fear stops us from achieving our true greatness. Are you a professional woman who is feeling stuck, unmotivated, or burned out? Are you worried about your wellness? Are you letting fear stop you from crushing your goals? If you answered yes to any or all of these, then this is the podcast for you. Dr. Charmaine Gregory, Night Shift Emergency Physician, Burnout Thriver, and Wellness Champion, along with everyday heroes just like you, will explore how to face fear in our lives and emerge victoriously. Dr. Gregory here. Did you know that I'm on YouTube as well? You can find me at Charmaine Gregory MD. See you there. Here. Hello, hello, Fearless Freedom Tribe. It is Dr. G, and we are back for another exciting episode of the Fearless Freedom with Dr. G podcast. This week, almost all the way from Bali, but not right now, <laughs> we have Dai, and Dai is going to tell you all about himself and all of the incredible things that he is up to. Wow. Well, Dr. G, pleasure to be here and <laughs> connecting with you and your community. And uh, I'm always honored to connect with people like yourself because, you know, just the fact that you put so much into developing your platform so you can create a safe space for people to tell great stories that inspire, motivate, and educate all of us. And so uh, as someone that's heard some episodes and now to be here on the flip side and, and participate in a conversation with you, I just, I feel really grateful and honored. So uh, thanks for having me here today. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we're glad you're here. So now you got to tell us about, so, okay. Do you want to start with how did you end up in Bali? Oh yeah. Or did you want to yeah. start with how did you end up with your unique name? Oh yeah. That's the one. It, I don't know it, where you want to start. Let me tell you about the name, right? Like die is a weird name. I know it's totally weird. Like die is a Welsh name, which means David. My last name is Manuel, which is a Portuguese last name. So, you know, you got this Welsh first name, Portuguese last name. So I just tell everybody I'm Canadian. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you know, like, it's like, whatever, uh, you know, that's beautiful. And, All my yeah, Canadian was, friends are loving that. I'm sure they're like, yeah, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's just what it is, you know? And yes, uh, I, I used to really question what the hell were my parents doing? <laughs> like I did honestly. And, and then I thought one day, you know, and it was one day very long after I was born, but the internet came around. And the cool thing was they have these things called search engines. And I realized having a unique name is really SEO friendly. Yes, it <laughs> you is. Like, yes, it is. It, it, you right it, to the top, my friend, right to the right. top. <laughs> exactly. If, if you can type in my name or even a misspelled but close version of my name, you'll find me really easily. So uh, I always say, you know, maybe my parents were visionaries. Yes. You know? yes. <laughs> and, uh, but, um, you know, growing up, obviously, it provided some challenges because also, you know, I'll take you way back. You know, I, I'm someone that works in the health and wellness space. I'm all about helping people really live their best life. And I often do that through fitness, nutrition, and, and really mindset, you know, like it's adopting a new mindset, being more positive about ourselves, a little bit more caring about ourselves, you know, like really giving ourselves a little bit more grace than we often do. And I didn't come to that naturally. Like I, I was actually as a teenager, 
from the age of nine to 14, uh, I was morbidly obese. I was really overweight. And, and it didn't happen by accident. It's not, you see, that's the interesting thing about unhealth, right? It's not like we can make one decision right? <laughs> on one action. All of a sudden, oh, oh, I went from healthy to unhealthy, like one decision, right? It's, um, I often joke though, like if McDonald's, if we went in there and we bought one Big Mac and we ate that, and all of a sudden we looked at the scale and we were 30 pounds heavier in one Big Mac, do you think we'd be eating it? No, but it's gradual. Yes, it, it, it unnoticed. Over time. Yes. yes, exactly. It's unnoticed. And so, you know, at age nine to 14, it, I learned to deal with my emotions, my stress and, and social anxiety with, with food, you know, and, and video games and uh, movies. So I was very passive, you know, I didn't really do a lot. I, I was very introverted very introverted. I mean, I'm naturally introverted, even though you're probably thinking, yeah, right. But no, I am. I'm naturally introverted, but I work by choice as an extrovert. So, you know, when people tell me I'm, oh, I'm only this way and they're so fixed in their mindset, I'm like, no, 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 you can be anything you want. Like quite literally, you know, but you often have to choose to learn new skills if you want to do that. And we can unpack that a little later, but uh, either way, I was, I was more really obese, you know, really overweight. And uh, that only added to, to, to a lot of the negative emotions that I was already harboring. Um, but then it was weird. You know, I, 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 I was dealing with a lot of, um, as, as, as I said, you know, I, I entertained a lot of the time ideas of what it would be like to not be here. Wow. You know, yeah. So you definitely yeah. got you to a space of like, yeah, you know, depressed mood. Oh gosh. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's not easy. You know, like when we're in that space, it's, it's very isolating. It's very lonely. Because we often believe that nobody will understand what we're going through. No one will get us, right? I mean, it's, it's amazing, right? Like I, I, I laugh about it now because I'm like, gosh, what was I thinking? Well, I was like, well, I wasn't really thinking. I was only feeling. Right, <laughs> you right. Know? Yeah. And I wasn't feeling very positive. So, but I learned very early on, you know, if I eat certain foods, oh, I feel better in the moment. Like instantly I could feel that, you know, something sugary, something really carby, very refined, mm-hmm. not very nutritious, but high in calories, you know? Yes, so, yes. Um, and I learned how to medicate with that, like really just distract myself. And uh, I love video games and I, I love watching movies because, you know, you get those little dopamine hits. You just get to mm-hmm. sit there. Yes, it's like, bing, bing. Yeah. Oh, there's another one. <laughs> exactly. And, and I mean, now we, we look at apps in the world of apps and it's like, whoa, they really play to that, that, mm-hmm. that aspect of our biology and our Absolutely. Psychology. And uh, it is a little manipulative. I mean, mm-hmm. let's be honest. Yeah, uh, a lot manipulative. With the manipulative. Yeah, a lot. Okay, <laughs> thank you. I can't say it. <laughs> manipulative. It's <laughs> a tough word. But either way, they're taking advantage of us, right? And, yes. Uh, but we, we, we do it freely. Like, we're okay with it. <laughs> Which, uh, again, I, I don't want to go there. Uh, so here I am. At 15, I, I had this moment. And, and you know Dr. G, you can probably relate to this. You know, those moments in your life where it's really, really clear. And I know this sounds like a cliche because we hear this reference all the time, but it really does feel like we come to a sort of a fork in the road, right? Oh, yeah. Like it's, oh, yeah. we can tell that, okay, I can either go left or I can go right, or I could try to stay here, but that this doesn't feel right. So, you know, we got to make a decision to keep that forward movement, but we're like, hey, should I go that way or to go that way? We have these moments very... I wouldn't say they're often, at least not so often that it's this profound decision we have to make every day, right? But, but we encounter these moments in our lives where we know that this decision, deep down, we know that this is a big moment. This is going to ultimately set in motion what I envision for my future. 
And mm-hmm. it doesn't always work that way, but I felt like that. I felt like, okay, this, this thing has got to be dealt with. And uh, people often ask me, well, what were you thinking at that point at age 15? And to, to be honest, again, I wasn't really thinking. I was feeling a lot, mm-hmm. really yeah. feeling. And I was feeling a lot of fear, like a, a ton of fear, like to the point that I was more afraid of continuing to live the lifestyle that I was living than I was of the idea of changing. So that is pretty intense. That's very intense because oftentimes it is the change that we are really afraid of, right? Because like yeah. we can envision the outcome. Like we're like, oh yeah, I can see myself, you know, whatever, wearing whatever clothing or whatever it is. Yeah. Or I can see myself, you know, living in a particular situation. But it's the things that you have to change that you're usually afraid of. But that way, that That's means right. I have to like not sit on my bottom and like play games all the time. I got to actually go outside yeah. and move around and play. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, that yeah. usually is the thing. So how is it that you, the typical stumbling block was not the thing that held you back, but you were able to still overcome that. Like, how did you do that? And it, it's, I often think back and I'm like, how did I do that? <laughs> you know, like to, to, <laughs> to be honest, cause it's a different place. I'm 45 now. Right. So when I reflect back, like this is 30 years. Ago. Yes. Yeah, I went yeah. through this process, but it, it, it taught me a valuable skill way back then that, and it's a skill that I've repeated again since uh, okay. usually whenever I find myself in a place of adversity. Okay. And sure. Um, I mean, yeah, well, <laughs> it's like, the, that's the accelerant that will get you to the uh-huh. next level. <laughs> it, it is though. Right? Like that, that, and you know, as cliche as it is, yeah, it's in the uncomfortable zone that all our growth happens. And well, yeah, it's true. Yeah. You know, it really does. There's a lot and of truth to that. <laughs> there is. I mean, otherwise it wouldn't be a cliche, you know, right, and, uh, right. Um, so there I was, you know, realizing that, okay, I'm 15 now. I do not see myself changing unless I do something about it. You know, like I I really just had to admit to myself that, okay, the last five years has got me to where I am. And I really don't like that. So if I'm honest with myself right now, and I continue to do what I'm doing, where do I think I'll be when I'm 20? Mm. And that's where I became very, very afraid. I was afraid like, no, it's only going to get harder and harder and harder. So okay, what's less of, what's going to make me less afraid than that? Well, maybe just trying to do something different, maybe trying to get okay. healthy. Okay. It, but I didn't know how. Okay. Oh, you did. You okay. asked me like, well, what would you do? Well, yeah, yeah. I, I realized it was lack of knowledge and lack of knowledge created lack of confidence. Okay. And when you don't have confidence, it's yeah. really easy to procrastinate. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. And so I realized well, I, got, I got to educate myself. I got to figure out what to do. And, and I was very shy, of course, being very introverted and being, you know, dealing with social anxiety and just a lot of other, you know, health complications based on me being obese. There's a lot of other symptoms, like really sore joints, a sore back, sure. you know, like weird. I mean, yeah. 15 years old. I mean, my body yeah. was barely used. I'm like, what am I feeling like a worn out car, you know, like, wow. And, but that's, that's just the state of my health at that time. Right. And so I went to the library, you know, and it's funny, right? Like Dr. G, my kids, like they laugh, right? They're like, dad, why don't you just like Google it? I'm like, your dad's old. No, because there was like a library and microfiche and like, you know, you had to copy the pages. You couldn't take the book sometimes because the reference book, like totally. Listen, we're in the same same generation, man. Same generation. (laughs) But it's funny. And I'm like, no, your dad's older than Google. They're like, what? Yes, yes, yes. 
they're like are you older than tvs i'm like come on no (laughs) i'm like no your grandparents are but not me right right and uh but regardless you know as as cheeky as they can be like they understood what i was getting at and i I went i got books out on fitness and on nutrition as well as i i went to my parents and i said listen you know they finally saw in me in my eyes that i was the one wanting to make the changes because before that you know like most parents that care for their kids they don't like to see their kids in pain as a father, I can tell you that 100%. If I see my kids in pain, I want to do whatever I can to stop that. Sure. And so my parents used to come to me all the time and be like, well, can we get you a personal trainer? Why don't we get you a gym membership? Why don't, oh, I've got a friend that's a nutritionist. Why don't we get you a little meeting with her so you can talk to her? And I'm like, every time they came at me with something like that, I'm like, I know they're coming from a place of love. But deep down, I was like, you're saying I'm not good enough. Uh, you're saying that I need to change. Mm. And that's, but that's just how insecure I was. And I, I, I saw everything as an attack on me, mm-hmm. as a judgment. And I'm only sharing this because I, I, I see this is so common for so many of us. You know, oh, we yeah. get to this place Indeed. where we self-judge and we self-limit. And we literally just, we, we, we get so comfortable to feeling that way that that becomes our normal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, why change our normal, right? Like, yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and so- no, it's truth. Ah, it was so tough. And, and, but I went to my parents and my dad specifically, and I said, okay, that, that, I don't want to be like this anymore. I want to be healthy. I want to get fit. I, want, I don't want to be like this anymore. And he saw something in my eyes. Cause that's the first time I'd ever said something like that. And he's like, okay, what do you want to do? I know they were <laughs> yeah. super happy. Like, I don't, he I don't was, like what was, was, when you left the room, like he and your mom probably were like, oh my God. <laughs> oh, trust me. It, like, and he saw it in my eyes. And I said, you know, I, I remember as a kid, I used to love riding my bike. Do you think we could go get me a bike? And he's wow. like, wow. he's like, all right, what's up? I love this yeah, right low, now. You know? so That's low hanging fruit. <laughs> we literally went to the bike shop, the local bike store. He got me a bike nice. that afternoon. I went out on my first ride and, and I just, every day I'd go out for a ride. Okay. And I, and I educated myself on nutrition, like okay. how, how to fuel my body so I can thrive rather than just yeah. simply survive. Right. And, and it was a process. Now it took almost two years. Of two years of me being yeah. consistent. Yeah. Yeah. But eventually, you know, one day I woke up about 20 months later and I was like, I'm just doing this. I'm doing the things I'm not yeah. thinking about them anymore. I'm just doing mm-hmm. because I had a new lifestyle. Yeah. It takes time. There's no set number about getting the habit. I know there's some people say 21 days. I've seen one person say 44 days. And I'm like, mm-hmm. there's all these different numbers. And really the point is, is, is you can change anything but it takes time and there's no yes. set timeline on it. But I always tell yeah. people, does it matter how long it takes if you get there? And they're like, well, no. And I'm like, if I'm, if I, people buy lottery tickets all the time, right? They and do. Why, and you they, know, you're why, not getting anywhere with that. No, exactly. Donation. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, there's a better, you know, you're going to get a guaranteed result here if you just start consistent with the effort. And, yes. uh, but I had to learn that for myself. You know, it's a very valuable life lesson when you actually experience that and you experience change. And so from that point on, from 17 on, I became a champion of change. You know, I literally celebrate change. I welcome change. Not always, but I've learned to look at it more positively so I can really flow with it a lot more smoother rather than fight it. Because most of us feel like victims of change. Yeah. Right. And that's that's a hard place to be because you know what Buddha said it like 2,600 years ago. There's only one thing that we know that's absolutely certain in our lifetime. And that's that nothing stays the same. Mm-hmm. Nothing. 
well, if nothing stays the same, why do I get so upset about all these changes that are happening around me? You know? like, <laughs> and, and, and so it, it was weird. Like I, I wasn't able to articulate this way until a number of years ago when I really started doing some inner work and some deeper work and really yes. reflecting on my past. And, you know, it was at that age of 17. And this is very um, important to make note of here because when we, we, we sort of branch into what I started doing after that, mm-hmm. it, there was this bridging moment where, uh, at 17, I remember uh, one of my mom's friends coming over to the house and, you know, they're there and they're like, and I, I was in the kitchen mucking around. We used to have this um, uh, screen, screen door. So, you know, people would often come up and knock and they just talk through the door, right? They don't even open it. We okay. just talk through it. It was just, it was funny. Like we'd always have people popping by the house because my mom was really social. Okay. And uh, so her friend comes by and I'm like, yeah, yeah. My mom's out in the back. She's just doing some gardening. You just go around there to see her. And uh, they're like, oh, Okay. And they're just sort of waiting there for a second. I'm like, uh, you need anything else? And they're Why like, don't you well, go around to the back where I well, told you she it. was. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> it, it, can I do anything else? Like, you need anything right. else? Like, well, actually, can we have, can we talk to you? You know, and now as soon as uh, someone said that, especially as a, you know, a 17 year old, and they're like, yeah, double, double my age. And I'm like, what did I do? Did I, I know. <laughs> you know did you, did you catch so me? Did you see me do well, that? That was it, right? I started thinking, it was, gosh, I remember that party on the weekend. What did I do? You know, like, and um, and what was really, and this is the moment, you know, they came in and they said, Di, we, we, you know, the last couple of years, we've seen all these changes that you made. Yeah. You know, because they were family friends. They saw me at my worst, you know, at my mm-hmm. most unhealthy. And, and to see me now as this healthy individual that's a lot more positive and upbeat and just really quite the transformation. And, and obviously it intrigued them enough to, to ask me to help them. Mm-hmm. Wow. And this is crazy, right? Me at 17, it was the first time I felt like I had value to offer. Wow. And more importantly than that, as I was supporting and helping them, gosh, it, it just made me feel so fulfilled. Like, mm-hmm. awesome. I'm helping. I'm contributing. I'm, I'm making a difference in someone else's life. And that was when I got bit by the coaching bug. Nice. <laughs> and, and ever <laughs> since then, it doesn't matter what I've been doing. There's always been a coaching and mentorship element to it. Okay. And, uh, and I love it. And literally for the last, since I was 17, almost 30 years now, I've been coaching and mentoring people through transformations, both professionally in their businesses, but also in their life through lifestyle optimization. And I love it. I love it. You that's know, good. And, uh, yeah, that's the best yeah. kind of work. That's when it's like, it is. you know, it when is. you're enjoying it, it's, it's not work anymore. Right. It's more passion. It's just awesome. Yeah. And I get excited, you know, seeing people attain the results that they've always said that they want. Right. Nothing satisfies me more than someone saying, you know what, I've always wanted to be like this. And I am, I'm living this life now. Thank you for helping me. And I'm like, oh, oh, you know, like, thank, <laughs> thank you for allowing me to help you. You know, like it's, it's, it's just amazing. And uh, just to see people, be, because I think this is the thing, you know, most of us run around with, as they say, our cups mm-hmm. half full, you know, and, mm-hmm. and especially when it comes to the, the belief cup. So our belief in ourselves, it's, it's rather drained in a lot of our lives. And when you meet somebody that's able to, to pour belief into us and fill our cup, it's amazing. Once it gets to a place where all of a sudden it's full and now we have that sense of belief about ourselves, we're now ready to support somebody else. And it's, it's this beautiful hero's journey that we see so yes. many people going on. Yeah. And, and I'm sure that you've got an origin story of why you set out on the path that you're on. And I bet you it has to do with something very significant that you went through. Absolutely. No, our stories are, are always going to be poignant. They're always going to be like 
based on some pivotal moment, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's what makes us want to be able to help other people. So yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Those are all very, 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 very true points. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and, and then I sort of just set in motion. I was like, I want to keep doing this. I just don't know how it's going to look. And I was okay with that. And so I became a personal trainer, you know, okay. and, and I started working with people that way. But I realized as a trainer, it was challenging because as I started to have my family, as a personal trainer, it's really challenging to unless you're like an employee of a gym, like if you're an independent trainer, this is the common challenge is that it's, it's straight hours for dollars. And and so for every hour I train, I get paid. But if I wasn't training somebody, I'm not getting paid. Right. Yeah. And so I always felt this pressure to have to be training people and working with people and it would often deplete me. So, you know, my clients would get the best of me, but everybody else would get what's left over. Oh, (laughs) Okay. And so I I Mm -hmm. had to make some changes. You know, I was like, I, I, I can't do support people as effectively as I can if I continue down this path because I'm going to burn out and I struggle with taking care of myself as well as the thing that's most important in my life, which is my family. Right. And so I made some changes and and within the same industry, I went into selling fitness equipment. Okay. And and it was fun. I I love it because I remember when I went in to buy a heavy bag for my own personal use and I, I hit it off with the manager and I was like, wow, this is like a big toy store for me. You know, it's all these cool products. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. Must be fun to work here. And she's like, well, have you ever thought about working in a place like this? And I was like, whoa, no, I haven't. What? Tell me more, you know? And, right, right. and uh, I started work. I was on a Friday, started work on the Monday and uh, I, I never looked back. I got into equipment sales and it was really neat because it was my first performance-based pay structure, oh, you know, a pay where, you know, in a commission-based environment, you're right. rewarded based on the better that you serve others, you know? So yeah. the more people I could impact now, the more the company would pay me. I was yeah. like, so I help more and more people get their results and you'll pay me for that? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, okay, thank you. <laughs> I'm in. Uh, I, and I dove all in. And uh, eventually I, I became a partner of my own company. And uh, we built that up to, to, to yeah, well, eight figures a year. And nice, uh, it was nice. very significant and yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not here to brag, but I'm, I'm just saying. No, no, success years, is we, success. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's not bragging. Up. It's just facts, yeah, well, right? I mean. No, but I, I, I'm not here to, I, I'm not a flashy guy. Like I'm, I'm, but I want people to know, like it, it was a lot of work. There was of a course. lot of sleepless nights, yes. but it was neat to see it grow over that time. And, and it was only possible because of the team that we had, you know, it was the people that were there. It was also the customers and, and their, their appreciation and loyalty to our brand and our company. And, and so there's so many things to be grateful for, but. Hey, it's Dr. G. And I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank you for listening to this episode. I'm so honored to have you here with me. Did you know that I can help you to get your own podcast started? With my podcasting launch course for professionals, I walk you through everything you need to know about starting a podcast. I'm with you every step of the way from sign up to launching your show with five episodes ready to go. There's a done for you version that's also available. If you would just rather just do recordings and leave the behind the scenes work up to us, then that one is definitely for you. But either way, we've got your back here at Fearless Freedom with Dr. G. Oh, if you already have a show and you need production services, we have monthly plans available for you. 
So check out the links in the episode show notes for more information. Let's get back to the show. I was running into problems. I, I was running into problems in, in my late twenties and my early thirties. And these challenges were because that old thing I told you about when I was a kid of learning how to deal with my, my negative emotions and some of those other things like around the anxiety and the stress and depression. And, and instead I went from food to ma- medicate to alcohol. Gotcha. And alcohol mm-hmm. became a, a very good friend. And it was also a friend that I know if I would entertain that friend for a couple of rounds, mm-hmm. I, I would become a different personality and that social anxiety would go away. Mm-hmm. Now I can be the life of the party. I can talk to anybody. Like it, and I had this, like a nickname, they called me fun guy die. Wow. And it was like literally that much of a split, you know, and, and I still like to think that I'm still the same guy, but I didn't know how to bring that person out of me without alcohol. That like a courage. Yeah. And it was, but it would always go to a little bit further, you know, like, <laughs> would never just stop at me feeling courageous. So I would just keep going and uh, which led to other challenges. And this was a pattern in my life for many, many years. And, and it got to a point where, you know, my, my relationship with my wife became so strained and my children and also started to affect my work life. Uh, and it was like, something's got to give. And <laughs> I won't go into the whole story, but I did a TEDx talk uh, last year and I shared this story uh, about what happened for me to, to make a decision, which then changed the rest of my life. And it really, it's the only reason why you and I are here talking today is because of the one question my wife asked me 12 years ago. You want to hear the question? Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the question. So we're, we're sitting down. A lot of tears are being exchanged. My kids are in the other room watching Dora the Explorer, you know, on the TV. They were both under the age of six at the time. And, and my wife and I are sitting there at the table and uh, she, she's visibly upset, but also vocally uh, let me know she's also upset, but she's also at a point where she's like, no more. This is not an environment that's conducive to raise our kids in. You know, this is, this is just not good. So we started entertaining the idea of what would life look like to be co-parents? you know, wow. and, and separate. And, and to me, I, this, I told you, like family is one of my core values. It's one of the most important things, even though I wasn't always acting as such. And that's where a lot of that, that integrity gap in myself was, was, was present and which also bred more um, lack of confidence, but also depression and more anxiety. Like it's, it's, it's interesting. It's a cycle. It's a cycle. cycle. Yeah. That's right. But she asked me a question and the question was die are you being the type of man that you'd want your daughters to marry? Wow. Mm-hmm. My wife's wow. pretty smart. Pretty smart. Yes, she is. She's wow. Yes. And uh, wow. Dr. G, I, I'll be honest with you and those that are listening or watching, it's like it, it, it was that moment where I realized, and here's me as a, as a professional salesperson, someone that's very good at language mm-hmm. and communication and handling objections. Sure, <laughs> uh, absolutely. I, I, there was, I couldn't say anything. Yeah. Because I knew she, I knew she was absolutely right. I knew it. Wow. And I couldn't, I couldn't argue it. I couldn't disagree with it. I couldn't even defend myself because there was nothing to defend. She was absolutely right. I was not role modeling what a good man is, 
what a great man is. I wasn't saying this is what a father is. This is what a, an entrepreneur is. This is what a brother is, a friend, a community leader, you know, like I was not role modeling any of those things. And so, you know, here's my kids. If this is what they expect uh, is a man, I'm not setting them up for a very good future. If they mm. want to find more people, like I was acting at that age, you know, and, and so it was in that moment that I realized, and I made a commitment to, to myself more importantly, but also to my girls, you know, my wife, and my two daughters. And I said, you know, I'm going to go one year without drinking one year. I'm going to cut it out and I'm just going to focus on me. I'm going to do that inner work that I've been so avoiding of doing. And this is a, a moment of vulnerability like I've never experienced before to the point where I actually asked for help because a lot of the male figures in my life up to that point were very stoic, you know, like it was either very calm or very pissed off. Like Got it. There, there, okay. there wasn't really any of the other softer emotions. Mm -hmm. And so that was what was role model to me, you know, boys don't cry. You know, like expressing the emotions, it just, it was something that always felt strained and foreign to me. So to be able to ask for help, that was a big moment for me, you know, and from the standpoint, that's how I was able to start the healing process and ultimately becoming more in alignment with the person I always thought I was and wanted to be, but was failing to live up to. And uh, it set in motion a process that I've been on this journey for the last 12 years. Okay. So it's like, I always tell people, it's just a work in progress yeah, and, yeah. and people, and because what turned into one year at the end of one year, I had experienced so much growth and so much clarity. I was like, I want to just keep going. Let's just see where this can go. And, and, you know, it's turned into a lifestyle, much like I experienced when I was a kid, overweight, changing the way I ate, changing the way I moved. Eventually I woke up one day and I was just like, this is just who I am. This is what I do. Well, it got to a place where I feel the exact same way as I used to when I drink, but without the alcohol. Okay. Nice. Like, nice. so it was like, woohoo. Now it took, yeah, yeah. A lot of time, took, took a lot of time to get there, but you know what? I wasn't concerned about how long it would take. I was just concerned about what do I do today? That's going to move me one step closer. And, and that's the simplest way I can explain this to anybody that wants to make a change. You know, it's just like, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't even think about what you did yesterday. Just let's look at right now. What is one thing you can do today that's really good for you, but also mm -hmm. sets you in motion for tomorrow? Right. You know, get, get, start building that inertia or momentum to carry you into the future, but in the direction that you choose to go. Right. And because I know how alone it can be and how scary it can be. And, and geez, it's, it's overwhelming at times. And, you know, but because I started that journey, I got to a point where I realized. I wanted more for my life now too. And I realized the path I was on wasn't going to do it. And, wow. and so I, I ultimately left my company six years ago. I, I, I quit. <laughs> I was like, I'm gone. I'm out of here. I can't do this anymore. I want to do something else, something more fulfilling, more in alignment with, with what I want and what my family wants. My wife quit her job a month later. We pulled the kids out of school. We gave away all our stuff. We packed up a few suitcases, put them in our SUV, and we just said goodbye and started traveling. That's awesome. <laughs> we had no plan. Okay, people are like, well, did you plan for things? What did you do for, for school? And I was like, school, what? <laughs> you know, I'm like, we're, we're life schooling our kids, you know? Yeah, like, absolutely. And, and, and you uh, can do that. I mean, it's like. Yeah, you can't. And, and you know, yeah. like, uh, we did that for five years, but two and a half years we spent in Bali, Indonesia. That was our nice. home base when we lived over in Southeast Asia. And it was an amazing experience. Of and during course. that time, I learned how to do what I do now online. 
You know, I, I transitioned away from a brick and mortar retail to being fully online. It, it lots of, of mistakes. Of course, <laughs> all, as it all. Learnings. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's like, <laughs> but, but you know what? It was so fun because we were engineering the life that we want. Mm-hmm. You know, like we, we started from that place. We started, well, what it was kind of life that we want? What kind of parents do we want to be? Where do we want to be living? Who do we want to be connecting with? Like my wife is great at, at creating these visions. And, and I was slow to the party. What I mean by that is- Wait, you just went along was, with the ride though. <laughs> oh, oh, well, eventually I did, but she just kept dripping on me, right? Like she, oh, would, I share, see. Yeah. she would share podcasts of traveling families. Nice. And these nomadic professionals. Like there I didn't you go. know what that was. Digital nomads. I was like, oh, what's yes, that? Digital you know? nomads. Yes. Yeah. So she educated me on this and I was like, well, this is actually a thing. And I'm like, yes, yeah, it is. And, and fortunately for me, I had been building stuff online, but with no plan for monetization or any of that stuff. But I started to build a, a bit of a following up through just helping. I just kept yeah, writing sure. and sharing ways to yeah. help people. And, and so all of a sudden we had a bit of a bridge where we could see that this life that we wanted, we could create a career that could support that life. And this is important to know because I know a lot of us feel like we're trapped in a career. We can't go anywhere and we compromise our life to fit the career. Yeah. You know, yep. and, and I did that for a long, long time, you know, so I, I know what it's like to be on that side. And, and, it, and I think there's a happy place in between, but many of us aren't even aware that it's an option, mm-hmm. you know, until yes. COVID. And I think this is the best thing about the pandemic is it shifted a lot of people's perspective on how they work. Yes. And, and where they work. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's, and then they cool. underst- also understood that their jobs, like, because even, I even talked to colleagues in medicine yeah. and they, they were shocked mm. that they got laid off. I'm like, yeah, wow. just because you're a doctor doesn't mean you're not going to get laid off. Like you, do, I mean, unless you are the owner, you know what I mean? Like there's no guarantee that you have, sure. you're going to have a position. <laughs> so, which is crazy, right? Cause there's parts of the world. Yes. They need doctors. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Badly. You know, oh yeah, they, they were just saying here in uh, in British Columbia, which is the, the the westernmost province of Canada, it's where Vancouver's based, and they said there's almost a million people in just our province that don't have a GP. I believe that, I believe wow. that because I, I have colleagues in Canada and they are definitely hurting. Yes, yes, it's it's it's. I mean, gosh, you know, and 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 I hate to use this term, but it, it feels more like a sick care model rather than a health care model correct and you'd be right you know what i mean like they'll make time for you if you're really sick if you're not really sick you know back of the line we'll get when when it actually like you know so if you were to use the alternative right so if you were to look at it as a healthcare model, then you are going to be more proactive, right? Yes. Ensuring yes. that the population stays healthy so they don't have to use the emergency services. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, uh. Uh, but, but, but with all of that though, and I've been to BC, by the way, we've gone to Whistler, beautiful oh, place. Oh, next time you come to Vancouver, you place. better say hello. I will look you guys up. I, yes, yeah, for sure. Okay, if you're still yeah, there, I, I don't know if you're still going to be there though, but. <laughs> But yes, absolutely. You know, we loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Went there in the spring. And so we got a chance oh, to, um, nice. to be up uh, on the mountain without like a whole lot of gear. So that was really, really neat. And the powder was amazing. The, the, did you do the peak to peak? Did you do the gondola across at the top there? Above the we glaciers? did not do that. Oh, we did not do bad. that. But that it's was definitely good. one of the things. We did go to Cougar Mountain. Oh, we okay, have stories, stories about Cougar Mountain. That, that was something <laughs> else. But like, yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Awesome. 
Oh, well, yeah. I'm so happy but, you've, you've seen this part of the world. That's cool. Oh, yes. No, absolutely. Absolutely. No, um, before we left the mainland, we did get to travel quite a bit. So that was nice. Um, but, uh, you know, so, you know, the thing about that is, you know, we tend not to focus on the preventative aspects of things. And mm-hmm. as a consequence, of course, you know, the and, 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 and even with all of that you mentioned there, just realize that Canada is still light years ahead of the United States. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. I'm just I'll saying, <laughs> because like, you know, like our problem in the United States is that, and now hopefully I don't get in trouble for this, but like the, uh, the doctors were never, not, I wouldn't say interested, but they didn't play an active role in the structure, right? They were just so focused on taking care of the patients at that level and not thinking about the overall business of medicine, which they should have, because if they had been doing that, then healthcare costs probably wouldn't be as high as they currently are, right? right, right. Um, and they wouldn't be considered now as cogs in the wheel versus actual team players and um, decision makers in the whole system. Mm-hmm. So maybe there would have been things put in place that would assure that would ensure that more people get the services. And it's not going to be a situation where the system is just so like stressed and a pandemic can break it. (laughs) You know what I mean? So yeah, it's it's a very complex thing, very complex, but, but yes. So even with the paucity of GPs in BC, still it is ahead. Okay. That's nice. That's nice to know. I mean, I've, as I mentioned to you before, I, I have an autoimmune disease and it's a chronic condition. It's autoimmune neutropenia. And okay. as such, you know, I, I have historically, you know, 0. 0.1, 0. 0.2 on my neutrophil count all the time. And wow. very, yeah, very low. And so they have me using a, a, a biologic called Grastophil or what used to be called uh, Neupogen. Um, okay. And I've been on that for a few years and it helps. It, it, it helps at least bolster my immune function for about two weeks. And then I got to take another shot, right? To, oh, okay. It's this constant mm-hmm. ebb and flow. And I, I, I'm someone that prefers to do things naturally if I can, but it was sure. like, I got to that place where it's like, this is the only thing that at least keeps me in a somewhat safety zone, you know? And, Absolutely. Yeah. And there's something you want the it. soldiers available to you yes. if you need them, right? Yes. You don't want to not have you. any soldiers. So absolutely. Oh. And, and here's the thing though. And a lot of people that have as a severe uh, version of what I have, and this is just, hopefully people take this as a reminder, okay, is that our health is so important, but that foundation of health primarily that, that our lives are built on, it is so critical because it, I'd say it's easy, 90, 95% of the symptoms that most people would have based on the severity of my autoimmune neutropenia, I, I don't deal with most of those symptoms, almost none of them. And it's only because of my level of health and my lifestyle choices, you know? So that, yeah, I eat a certain way to keep inflammation low in my body. I do manage my stress. I do practice a lot of meditation and breathing. I make a point of getting up for a walk every day. You know, I, I do, I exercise. I'm not crazy about it, but I exercise. I move my body with purpose. And, And so when you look at all these little things, little habits, micro habits, really, it's the only thing that's allowed me to continue to thrive and not be a victim of my condition. And, and I will scream from the rooftops day in, day out to let people know that your health is all that really matters. And if everything else in your life is as important as you say it all is, 
without that foundation of health. And it's got to yes. be marble, you know, it's got to mm -hmm. be rock solid. Mm -hmm. The only way to do that is you got to keep reinforcing that foundation. And we do that through our daily habits and rituals. And, uh, but because of that, if you have a solid foundation of health, trust me, even the, the biggest of storms that life's going to throw you away, you can navigate it. You can do it. It's not going to be easy, but I'll tell you, it, it'll be worth it to get through it. And you'll also get through it in a much, uh, usually a less taxing way. We come out the other side often a lot better than we were when we went in, you know? So uh, yeah. there's something to that. Maybe a little scar too, but still you're, yes, you're much yeah, better. Yes, so much right. better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, hopefully people take that and, and, and take that to the, uh, well, uh, to the bank, as they say, because it, yes. it, it's, it's something that you can get a great ROI on, you know? Yes, you and, can. Uh, yes, you can. Uh, uh, you know, and, and that's really to sort of close the loop on that whole preventative medicine conversation, Absolutely. you know? It's, Absolutely. Like, it's great. I love medicine and I love our medical system. I do to a certain extent, but not how it, 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 it doesn't get involved soon enough. There's not enough support soon enough you know like on the preventative like even i think back to education in school they didn't talk about nutrition they didn't talk about stress management you know they didn't talk about any of that stuff like in grade school or high school like and unless you went to specialty courses in university post-secondary like you, you really didn't find much information and it wasn't front of mind for us either so you yes, get out of school yeah. you just do what you do like i i would eat or you foods. do what you like, see and it may yes, or may not be healthy that's right yeah <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So I, I, I realize that I think the world is changing. Though. I really do. I feel like these conversations, because of platforms like yours, yes. they're becoming more and more uh, front of mind. And, yeah. and that's good. You know, that's that's great, actually. <laughs> and, and so I, I do feel we'll see things continuously change and get better and better. But it just takes time. So, Di, you have to let the audience know how they can get in contact with you. Oh, okay. Well, the cool thing about having a unique name, if you type me into Google, you'll find me, but uh, you got to learn how to spell the name, right? So it's, yeah, it's D-A-I-M-A-N-U-E-L. So that's Diamondwell. And if you go to diamondwell.com, it's my main website. Um, I've got about 1800 articles I've published over the last 14 years. I've been blogging for nice. a long time. Nice. Um, and it's just, it's all information to help people live their best life. That's it. You know? So I always say free information. You can always start there if you're interested in certain topics. Type into the search bar. Chances are I've got a, an article on it or two. And uh, that's a great yeah. place to begin. But if you want to have a conversation, the best way that we can do that is just say hi to me on either Instagram or on LinkedIn or on um, uh, Facebook. I'm most active on those three platforms. And if you message, it's me or you're messaging. Okay. I, I don't have like an army of people doing this stuff for me. No, it's me. So when you send a message, okay. and if I don't get back to you right away, just give me a little bit of grace. I will get back to you. It just might take me a few days, but it's sure, all good. Sure. And let's have a conversation. Let's talk. That is great. Love it. Love it. So, you know, you. we are at, yes, now totally appreciate it. So now we are at that point in the show where we have to fill in the blanks. Are you ready for filling? I am. Blanks? I've been thinking about it. I've been okay, thinking good. about these and I appreciate <laughs> that you give me the blanks. And I know it's also something that's on past show. So I know I come in prepared, but as prepared as I am, I don't know if I'm not prepared. So just ask. <laughs> that's just usually ask. what happens. That's usually I what happens. All right. All right. Okay. Here's the first one. To me, fearless freedom means. All right. To me, fearless freedom means me living my most authentic and real life unashamedly you know like really just living into my values and doing it unapologetically you know like to me that that requires a lack of fear <laughs> you know, yes it does <laughs> it, 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 because i know there's times where i filter myself 
you know, and I would love to be in a place where I never had to filter, you know, like just, but I realize it's, <laughs> it's not always the best way to operate, you know, there, right. there are certain ways that people want to be communicated with. And, and, and I recognize we are emotional human beings. We're not human beings being emotional, <laughs> you know, we, yes. we just are sentient. So uh, sorry, a little bit long on the blank. There, no, no, that's, that, fine. That, that's, that's fine. That's my thoughts on that one, which I think is a beautiful question, by the way, you know, thank you. Really thank do. you. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> All right. So the next one is, if I am fearless, I will. Well, yeah, without just repeating the answer in the first question, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. If, I'm, if I'm fearless, I'm living the life I want to live on my terms with the people that I want and love and appreciate. That's really it. You know, like for me, life's just about yeah. experiences. That's all it is. It's just experiences. And you know, I, my wife and I joke, like we, 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 our family became minimalists uh, a number of years ago, because obviously moving and being nomadic, right. you, you've got to pack light, you know? And, yes, you do. <laughs> um, and that's been the weirdest thing about the pandemic coming back. We were very minimalist and it's amazing how we just collect stuff, you know? And uh, so we're trying to get back to minimalist, but where I was going with this is um, we realized, you know, we don't want to collect stuff anymore, but we do want to collect experiences. And yes. uh, for me, that, that involves that unbridled sort of excitement for life and the willingness to make mistakes. And, and also well, every once in a while, we're going to put our foot in our mouth, but as long as we can own it <laughs> and, and, and improve and work from there, I, I find it's always great, but that's, that would be my answer to that question. Okay. Okay. Love it. All right. And then the last one is my battle cry is. My battle cry is resiliency or bust. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <All right. laughs> well, I, I, I look at us as, as humans, right? And um, I mean, we're, it's in our DNA. We are resilient. Like, you just look at the evolution of our species. But more importantly, we are top of the food chain. And gosh, there's about eight billion of us across this planet now. Yes, and there's a lot you know, of my us. climate change. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say my climate change friend says we're too resilience, uh, too much resilience. You know, like. Oh, Right to to almost <laughs> like a, a fault, but it's that beautiful thing about humanity. We are resilient. We yes. can do hard stuff, and we can live through even harder stuff. And and so that's my thing. Like just to adopt that that resiliency mindset, and and we'll all be okay. You know. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Love it. Well, you know yes. what? Thank you so much for um, spending time with us. We appreciate everything that you share. We love that you shared your story. Your story was absolutely amazing. Um, I'm sure that it's going to encourage several people who are listening to this show. Um, it definitely encouraged me because, you know, it's, it's always, it's always a special when you can hear, you know, just how sometimes we, it's not like happenstance, but like sometimes when there's a, a cry for help and we don't necessarily know exactly like the pathway, we still are able to something within us allows us to like stumble onto the answer. And, and, I, and that's what happened to you when you were 15. And, and I think that's just absolutely incredible. And so I'm hoping, well, I'm not hoping, I know, I know that it will inspire those who are listening uh, to not be hesitant about wanting to be that thing or that be in that place or be that person and not let the the fear of change be the thing that holds them back 
So yes. no, that's awesome. Yes. That's awesome. Well said, Dr. G. I love it. You know, and, <laughs> and thank you so much for this and for you putting these, 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 these stories out to the world in a bigger way. I really, really do appreciate it. I know everyone that listens and watches this does too, but I just wanted to say it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right. <laughs>